0: One of my very favorite memories of hiking in the mountains is looking down at a cloud. We were way up high. It was the hike up Mount Brown in Glacier National Park. The trail starts just outside of Lake McDonald Lodge on that gorgeous glacial fed lake and you walk just past the visitor center and find the trailhead and walk partially up the Sperry Glacier Path and then head up Mount Brown. And it is a 4,200 feet elevation that you climb in just a couple of miles. So it is a trek up. The shale crunches underneath your feet. There are curly horned sheep to see purple asters and coming around one bend, not quite to the top, the view opens up and you can see down in the valley the green pine trees and the gray rocks as if God has covered the mountains in a lush carpet of green. And it is so spectacular. On this day, we had hiked through clouds, we were looking down on clouds. There were very few clouds in the sky, but one of these expansive blue days where the sky goes forever and certainly there is the presence of God. Look down to Lake McDonald. If we had hiked through the fog or if we had driven Through a cloud, we would have called it fog. But as we hiked through it, certainly James and John and Peter would have named it a miracle. It had been a rough week for Jesus' disciples. He'd been healing and casting out demons, and the leaders, the religious leaders, were telling the people that Jesus could only cast out demons because he was a demon. Jesus had been taking on the religious leaders. Jesus' mother and brothers and sisters were convinced that he was crazy and tried to have him taken off the scene and come home. John the Baptist, Jesus' teacher, had been killed by Herod. Jesus had let the disciples know that he was going to be killed and then he would rise again. But all Peter heard was the suffering and Peter jumped in and said, no, I won't let it happen. It must not. And Jesus called him Satan. So it had been a rough rough week. So on this day, Jesus takes them to the mountaintop to be in the cloud. And it was such a powerful experience. I don't think they quite knew what to say about it. Because it is full of these metaphors and wonder and mystery and awe at the presence of God. And they were in some kind of place where it all made sense what they were doing, the healing, even the craziness of it all. There was God in Jesus, and it made sense and fit into the whole story of faith with Moses and Elijah there. All of it coming together, that God works in history to love people and to free people, and it is such a gift. It was so unmistakably being grasped by the mystery, the eternity of God's powerful love in the universe. And all confirmed by that voice, this is the one who is my son, whom I love who has pleased me. Listen to him. Such an awe-inspiring experience that just like those shepherds when the angels came to them on that Christmas night, they were terrified. Then it was over, and they had just this memory of this change of heart, of this seeing and this knowing and this having experienced the love, the joy, the wonder. And then it all takes them by the hand just in the person of Jesus. And down they go into the valley. There will be tears to dry ahead, and there will be struggles. It will take them time to understand what has happened. But they will know and come to have the strength and the hope to look for the light in the dark, to find goodness in the face of evil, to seek love in the presence of fear, and even in the midst of sadness to know joy. And one day, after all the ugliness of the cross, they will stand again on the mountain with the resurrected Christ. And he will say to them, Lo, I am with you. Go and share my love with all. I am with you always. About every other Wednesday morning, around 9:45, 9:50, 950, 10, 9:59, people start coming through the hallway outside the church offices, and they are on their way down to Geneva Hall. People, young and old, from 30 to 99, and they're all carrying paperback books. The same. Paperback books. It's always paperback books. It's been happening for years, these little paperback books with different titles Hebrews, Revelation, the Corinthians, 1 and 2. And the people gather and they study. And then they walk back through the hallway around noon and they roll their eyes and they shake their heads and they say, oh, those Hebrews, those Corinthians. And the Spirit burns in them as they struggle with the Bible, with Pastor Lynn sharing with them the meaning of it all, and they gain insight and ancient wisdom that speaks to today's world, and they experience the powerful presence of God burning in their hearts, just like when Jesus opened the hearts and minds of the people on the road to Emmaus. Every other Wednesday, there is a mountaintop experience happening in Geneva Hall. Thursday nights, it's another story. People come, and we cannot get them to leave. They get really up close and personal with God so that we can be transformed by rich and glorious music. Voices, pipes, drums, organ, guitars, bells, chimes. We know the joy and the sadness and the profound wonder as we experience the presence of God in music. Our choirs are such a gift. Surely they channel the Holy Spirit in their singing. Surely Julie channels the voice of God in her playing. Joanne exudes the love and joy of God that has been soaked up by our children who have learned to sing and know God's songs and God's presence in music and musicals. And we have certainly experienced God in them. It is such a gift. And even with Joanne's leaving to go to her own church, she has shown this congregation the blessing of music in our children. So that now our parents are coming and making sure that we have a musical because it's just so important that we be transformed in that way. And what has come of Joanne's ministry here is that the kids, the the students, her singing students, have formed community. And those who sang together as kindergartners or first graders are now In youth group, our middle schoolers going to the Broad Street Ministries in Philadelphia this summer because of Pastor Eric's creativity in bringing these children to go out into the world. Pastor Eric is always reminding us that Christ is out there in the neighborhood. Pastor Eric is always reminding us that we can come to the mountaintop, but then We have to go out into the world. And you know what? Oftentimes, the mountaintop is out there in the world. As I know, our middle schoolers will experience in the Broad Street Ministry, as our high school students have experienced every summer at the youth conferences in Montreat. It's a mountaintop experience. It's a gift that this church gives and God gives. Our Friday mornings at the church and streaming by the office, people are going to the fireside's room. And they have climbed a mountain. And that mountain is called Asylum. It's called safety. It's called life out of death. Because that Friday morning group that meets at 10 o'clock in Fireside has rescued and adopted with our church and for us this community of refugees. And I say community because it's not just the Al-Hazori family. Merit and Juan have trained at least 40 other organizations, churches, synagogues, the Ethical Society of Washington to adopt and sponsor and support refugee families. What a mountaintop experience it is when those Syrian children run around Chatsy Hall with our children. I know I am on the mountaintop because of the great wonder of what this church has done in showing the love of God, the testimony to the light of the world, to our Syrian Muslim friends and to our nation. God's presence in our church has grown so bright this year that a spirit of abundance has filled this place with joy and laughter. It's that spirit of abundant joy and resources and action. We have loved getting to know one another. Truly, more than 300 people were at connection events, parties, dinners, bus trip, and we like each other. We enjoy being together. We discover new things and new friends and new members of our church. There is a deep, deep joy in being generous with our resources. More than a 100 people increased their giving over the last year. Being generous knowing that you are sacrificing so that good things happen and that people in the world know God's love is a thrilling experience of God. And that joy has spilled over into our capital campaign, in addition to many other things that repaired and restored our stained-glass windows. And if everyone will just look for a moment at the resurrection window... It's back there, and you don't always get a chance to see it. But see how brightly the love of God shines through so that new life pours down into our sanctuary every day. So many people have done so much, and none more than Roy Cashin for his work and getting these windows restored. Every Sunday, Jesus leads us up a mountain, as well as the Mondays, the Tuesdays, the Wednesdays, the Thursdays, the Fridays. You can see the mountain every day of the week, and you can see it here every Sunday. And sometimes the distance from pillow to pew is like climbing Mount Brown. Am I right? Amen? Amen? Sometimes it's just a hike. So that I hope and I pray that when you are here, you experience the gifts of the mountaintop. The wonder, the joy, the mystery, the beauty, the divine love. And so I ask you, what are your mountaintop experiences here? Is it the candles on Christmas Eve? Is it playing dodgeball in the church parking lot? Not the youth. The midlife people. They're still all walking, I'm told. Is it painting an icon and watching the face of Christ appear from the darkness? Maybe it was hearing the trumpet play tap at the memorial to the lost that sent chills down our spine as we remembered those who had been killed in gun violence over the year. Maybe it was being able to cry with someone or pray with someone. give or receive a bouquet of flowers still dripping with worship. Maybe a mountaintop experience for you was making a ham and cheese sandwich with your son or daughter to give to TAP and to know that you have just fed someone who is hungry. Maybe the mountaintop experience was hearing about how Priscilla Skillman, the chairperson of TAP, went and testified in Washington, D.C., about funding the licenses and the birth certificates that people need to get their lives in order. There are so many mountaintop experiences in this place. God wants these gifts for us. Because sometimes it's been a rough week before we came here. And sometimes we look ahead and we know that there's a rough week ahead. That there are bathroom wars. And there are tears to dry. And there are people to raise up from fear and hate. There are injustices to challenge There are illnesses to overcome. There is the hard work of grieving to be done. There is suffering to ease. So we gather up these mountaintop experiences so that we can have the strength and the hope to look for light in the dark, goodness in the face of evil, the strength and the hope to look for love in the presence of fear, and even in the midst of sadness, to know deep joy. Jesus leads us always to new mountaintops, to new life yet to be known. So, what do we see if we were to stand on that new mountaintop? What is ahead? What is that new life in resurrection? It's a mystery yet, but I wonder if it has something more to do with this joy that has been rising. With the connections we have been experiencing. With the generosity that is exploding. I wonder if it has something to do with that Christ, our center, with the Holy Spirit in Creativity. Sometimes I see a drama troupe renting part of Chatsy Hall. Sometimes I see the pottery room back in action. Sometimes I see our sanctuary flowing with a river of God's love in blue cloth down the center aisle or from the baptismal font. Sometimes I see paper cranes all over us at Pentecost or colorful stripes of cloth. Sometimes this is what I see. I know that I see energy for the immigrant and the refugee and for that energy of living Christ's welcome. We have so many gifts. Thanks be to God for all that we are given. Thanks be to God. Amen.